Welcome, everybody. Great to have you here for our Sermon Recap podcast. We have a good time on this podcast, and we talk about what all happened over the weekend, Thursday night, three times on Sunday. We do this a lot. I don't know if all the listeners, I know they all don't get the full experience, but man, we go through this service. uh, I say go through like it's a terrible thing. (laughs) We get to. We get to do this four times a week, so it's fun. and. uh, and we got it memorized by the end. Uh, right. We know what we're going to say by that point, but uh, it's always good to come back. We like to take this time just to talk a little deeper and uh, delve a little bit and probably carry on a little foolishness. That's what we do most of the time. I don't know what you're talking about. We've uh, never done that. Never. Yeah, just every day. <laughs> but uh, it's cool to be with you guys. Love y'all. Yep. Appreciate you being here. Yep. Fire away. Bow. Uh, so not an easy one this week. Uh, I did not want to preach this message. I saw it coming at the end, and several of them, I'm like, yeah, great, great, great. I'm like, oh, we've got to talk about suffering. Yep. It's just not fun, and I like to, I like to preach fun topics. It's not, it's not <laughs> Who one doesn't? of those yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, I, I, you can't do that, though. You yep. cannot just pick and choose. That's, that's one of the dangers uh, for pastors, and I'm subject to it like anybody else of just kind of hopping through the Bible and finding things, thinking, oh, that'll preach, because there's a lot in there, obviously, that will. Like, I can make a good sermon out of this, right? Yeah. There are times you just got to go through it, and we went through Philippians chapter Mm 1 is what we did. That was our goal, and uh, there's that couple of verses at the end that are not fun. Right. And you have to be faithful to those as well. Yep. I told Pastor John, he was uh, off stage, you know, when... uh, I came off on all three services. John was out there because yep. he was going to come out and do the announcements. He's hosting, yeah. And at the end of one of them, I said, John, just remember this when you preach. Uh, you don't always get to preach the fun ones. You've <laughs> got to be faithful to the Word even when it's not the fun one, when you have to really challenge people and challenge yourself. All right. And you did. And you did that this week for us with the uh, uh, idea of, of suffering and that there is, uh, there is joy and we can have joy, and we can still choose to have joy in the midst of uh, in the midst of suffering. That was I know that wasn't easy uh, to preach, but it also wasn't easy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't easy to sit there and uh, and really begin to uh, you know allow allow the Holy Spirit to begin to deal with us as individuals and even as a church, you know, about what it means to still choose joy in the midst of suffering. So mm-hmm. well, but still well done with the whole thing. Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm glad to have gone through it. Still, uh, it's hard for me to wrap my brain about around it and studied it for a while and then preached it four times. It's hard for me to wrap my brain about the fact that Paul said, you know, for unto you it's been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in Him but also to suffer for His sake. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that Paul put those two things together. Mm -hmm. I want to say salvation way up here and suffering (laughs) down here, but he puts them right here. He's like, salvation, suffering, you've been granted both of these. Hmm. I don't know that I get that now, and we've preached it four times. Uh, That's a lot to swallow. It's hard to want to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe I just don't want to. I think that, I mean, that probably is the part that hit me the hardest was you talking about him saying it's a privilege to go through suffering, and I go... Is that the right word? Is that what you meant to say? And then I got to think about, like, I think we're privileged. I mean, like, we get to live good lives 
you know, even on our worst days. We're privileged with where we live and all that. And then I go, are we underprivileged in that a little bit too, as far as our faith? Because I can't find myself going, yes, let's suffer. Yeah, nobody would. Nobody yeah. would, I don't guess. But when you look back, by the way, the word came straight out of the, I use the New Living Translation as a text. That's where it came straight out of there. I used sure. the word twice in that verse. Yeah. So that's where it was. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the word I wanted to use. Couldn't it's navigate word, around that it's one. It's the word that was there. And yeah. I even said it in the message. You can't get around this sure. as much as we may want to in our flesh to get around this part of it, that it is indeed a privilege. But if you look at the New Testament church, they really saw it that way. A lot about them doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how 120 believers in a room go out into Jerusalem and in one day 3,000 people are added to the church. Right. Makes no sense. The rise of Christianity makes no sense, even to historians. Yeah. How did this little sect, you could call them a little sect, how did they take over the world? Mm -hmm. Intensely persecuted. You know, I mentioned in one of my, uh, one of the sermons, I didn't mention all of them about how Alex and I were privileged to be able to visit the Roman Colosseum mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And standing there, it was just amazing. And on the outside of the Colosseum, when you go in, you think about that all our brothers and sisters who died there, mm -hmm. you know, for their faith, persecuted by Rome. But when you go to the entrance of there, there's a cross out there. Mm. There's crosses all over it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the cross, you're one. It just doesn't make sense how that happened. It also doesn't make sense that they could be beaten for their faith and come back and say, thank you, Lord, that we were counted worthy. All right. Hmm. It doesn't make sense. But um, I want what made sense to them to make sense to me. That's good. Hmm. Yeah. You know, part of that kind of rolls into the idea and the way that we perceive, and I would say the way that, you know, that we in, in America perceive Christianity and this idea of how it's portrayed that, you know, give your life to Christ, receive salvation, and your life's going to be great. And, and, and you know, God, God wants to bless you. And I do believe that God wants to, wants to, wants to bless His people. I, I don't back off of that. Um, but the idea of putting uh, the idea of suffering and persecution there and saying uh, that that'll never happen, you know, as long as you're following Christ and doing the right thing or bad things won't happen to you while you're, while you're serving Christ, um, that does not equate into our version and an American version of Christianity. Yeah. I think sometimes many, sometimes genuine, sincere preachers mm -hmm. have tried to package things in a way. You know, we were taught this growing up. I was, and I think many were growing up young, that you, that you have to appeal to people's felt needs. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know? And I think there is some truth to that. Yeah. You have to, you have to let people know how this incredible ancient faith and the truth of it actually applies when the boots are on the ground. You know, mm -hmm. how does this apply in my daily life? Right. How does this address something I'm going through? You know, mm -hmm. you got a mom here who is dealing with three children and she's wrestled them together along with dad and got them to church and got them in children's church and uh, they're there and they come in and they're just desperately needing a word from God and you want to talk to her about dispensational theology. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's like, where's the connect in that? Yeah. So to a certain point, you have to have 
an awareness of that and a sensitivity to people's needs. But I think it's so easy to go too far right. and to begin to package the gospel as something that is all about that. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like if, if you go too far with that, Jesus becomes another self-help guru, whoever it may be. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's a lot of self-help gurus out there that say really good things. But, yeah. you know, uh, Jesus is not John Maxwell. Jesus mm -hmm. is not Tony Robbins right. or Dave Ramsey or any of these other people that help you. Jesus is God, the way, the truth, and the life. And, and I think you, you just have to be really careful that we don't package this whole thing as the gospel is another self-help right. paradigm. Good. That's really good. There were, in the idea of that Paul saw suffering as a privilege, you pulled out three things that, that we could really latch on to about how, uh, how we can continue to uh, choose joy in the midst of suffering. There were three things that happened in our, in our suffering. You talked about how we grow, talked about how there's a, a connection within a, within a fellowship there, and then how we also earn rewards uh, in heaven. Um, you also shared the story when you were talking about the, the fellowship that comes and the community that you build when you're, when you're suffering. And you even shared uh, from your own personal experience about what you and Alex had experienced over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I think we can see that uh, a, a little bit too, not just in your life, but in, in our own lives as well about, man, when you go through something that somebody else has gone through, a painful experience, you're, you are, you can, you can link up and you can connect in ways that, that other people can't. Uh, you know, talking with people who have, who have gone through the tragedy of losing a child. Uh, before man, there is uh, getting them connected with somebody else who has done that man. They just understand uh, a little bit more about what that pain is like, and it's about and there is something serious about and something real and powerful about understanding each other's pain and being able to have walked through that before. And you only get that sometimes coming out of suffering. Hmm. It's so true. All of those things, you know, we talked about. We grow in suffering. Mm -hmm. We talked about how we gain intimacy with other believers and with Jesus in suffering. Right. Then at the end, we talked about the rewards in heaven. We kind of had to speed through that because I spent <laughs> so much time. Matt would not think I sped through it, but I did. <laughs> uh, My hands may or may not still hurt. Matt is still sore from playing the guitar for so long, <laughs> trying to get me to quit. Uh, <laughs> I gave him a hard time. But we went through those three things. All those really sound good after you're through it. Right. That's just the reality of yeah. it. I said those things all four times this weekend, but if you ask me right now, are you ready for a season of suffering? I'm like, no thanks, no thanks. Yeah. Even though I know the ones I've been through in the past, I've grown, mm -hmm. I've grown closer. There's a reward being laid up in heaven. I'm not ready. Still doesn't make you want to go through suffering. Yeah. I had a conversation through email with a, a missionary in a very hostile country this morning. Um, it was an email, and, and this missionary is in a dangerous situation, you know, and uh, just assured them that we're praying and that uh, there's so much unrest in the country and so much persecution, and this person kind of lives under the threat of, of, of genuine persecution and violence on a, on a regular basis. And I, I, I just told them, first of all, we, we prayed. I said, we prayed Psalm 91 over you now. But I said I was reminded this morning that our reward for all this is not down here. Right. It's just not. You know, God has promised to take care of us on earth. He's promised to meet our needs, right? Mm -hmm. But our true reward is on the other side. I mean, certainly there are rewards here yeah. and there are blessings here. 
But our real, real reward is over there. We haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. It's just going to be incredible. For those who've walked through this for the sake of Christ, mm-hmm. I could not emphasize enough what I believe about those rewards mm. and what it's going to be like in heaven. And even if I tried, I, the Bible said it's never entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Mm. And I think you could, without doing violence to the Scripture, insert for those that have suffered for Him. Yeah, it's good. I'm also really tied to, uh, lately I've just been really feeling tied to our ancient faith. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done some uh, research into my family tree, you know, and uh, I know who, let's see, I know all my great-grandparents. I know most of my great-great-grandparents. I have a list of who they are, and I've traced some back just through websites and all that stuff. Uh, generations way back to yeah. uh, to uh, Germany, some of them, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I feel a connection to them, you know. But the Apostle Paul is my brother in Christ mm-hmm. and my family. In a very real, real way, those those Christians in the Colosseum, that's our family there. Yeah, we are descended from them, in a sense, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I just have lately just been kind of feeling that connection to that early church. And uh, they are the pioneers. And, and I just really feel impelled in my, in, in my spirit to follow in their footsteps. What would it be like if Paul or Peter or John or any of them all of a sudden were placed right here in Henderson County in 2023? And uh, we need to be that in a sense. Right. Yeah. I know we're not exactly that, but yeah. in a sense, we need to impact our community the way they did theirs. What kind of a, what kind of encouragement does it give you as you, you talk about that you know that connection with uh, you know with the early church? What kind of encouragement does that give you, knowing the suffering that they endured? Um, what kind of encouragement does that give you to walk through suffering now? It, it makes it feel like uh, I haven't suffered at all. Okay. Really. Uh, maybe that's not what you're looking no, for. No, I think that's good. But it makes me feel like, man, the persecution I've had is nothing like that. Nobody's ever tried to throw me in jail. Uh, I've never yet suffered any kind of a physical. I've been threatened before, but I've never suffered any physical harm due to the gospel, you know? Yeah. Uh, I've been talked about, I've been lied about, I've been slandered. I think all of us have, sure. all three of us have. I've had difficult conversations and been left out of some things that I could have been invited to. I mean, that's been the extent of my persecution. These guys, I mean, if you read the list that we mentioned yesterday of yeah. Paul, I mean, wow, stoned, beaten, 39 lashes three times, mm-hmm. hungry, cold. I just thought, man, I. I when I read that one yesterday, even as I read it, I'm like, you know, I never really thought about this, but Paul was out in the cold sometimes and didn't have a warm coat. Right. I think about the early church and what they went through and what suffering meant to them and what we think of, and I just go, you know, I, we don't, I don't know that we can get it. I think it might be as 
hard for us to grasp as heaven, like what it really means to suffer for him. And I think that what they had was an actual dependency on God, if that makes sense. And I, that's, I think that might be the question that's kind of been rolling in my heart this weekend, just after thinking through what you talked about was, I mean, and you touched on it during the messages, like we, we get to vote <laughs> coming up, you know, <laughs> like there's things that we do have an impact in and we get to change. And there's, um, I don't know that hopelessness is really something we've really faced. I, I, we go through hopeless feeling moments, I think. But Yeah, they had no hope. Uh, like I said, there was no reelect Nero campaign yeah. in their days. There was none of that. They had no hope, and, and they had to have a dependence on God. It was yeah. supernatural. And uh, we're beginning to see in our nation and in our world some legal threats and mm -hmm. some sabers rattling, you know, right now more than anything of possible legal action against Christians for standing up for what they believe in, in different areas. So I think the reality of that it, that that's a real prospect. Mm. You know, God's going to have His say and God's going to do what He always does, but there are those voices out there, and they may still be very extreme and fringe, but there are those voices there who would like to legally silence us, mm -hmm. you know. And so I don't know that that's on the horizon. I'm praying for a great revival in America that fixes a lot of that myself. Uh, but... Uh, that's where they were, and that could be what we're called to face. Even around the world, though, now, I mean, we, we still live in such relative peace and freedom in the United States, even relative to what maybe it was, you know, in our country previously. Uh, the person I was corresponding with this morning, yeah. constant threat of violence, yeah. no government support. There are places on earth where they're, they're literally rounding up Christians and killing them. Right, yeah. So it's not like that's not on earth today. Yeah. It is. There are Christians being martyred um, every day. And we forget that. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's an old book that's kind of out of style now. You don't hear about it, but when I was young and learning in ministry, you heard about it a lot. It's called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And it tells some of the story of the early martyrs and uh, even later ones, you know. There was a pastor named Richard Wormbrand, too, who put, published a magazine and a ministry called Voice of the Martyrs. You know, I read that some growing up. And uh, they did a lot to keep the cause of that, keep the awareness of that alive in the United States because mm -hmm. it's so easy for us to think, yeah, Christians are wonderful, happy, secure people who all have prospering businesses everywhere, and they just live in this wonderful utopia. But there are people suffering for their faith around the world right now, right. just like the early church was. Humbling. It is. Also inspiring. Yeah. Yep. It's inspiring to think we have a cause worth dying for. Yeah. We do. Well, this has been such a happy time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On that happy note, no, it is a happy note. We're we're privileged truly to be a part of what we're a part. Yep. We are. We're privileged to be a part of the kingdom of God. We sure are. Thank you all so much for being here. If you have any questions about any of this, these sermons, these series, uh, please send them in. Uh, you can put them in the comments there. Let us know. We'd love to hear your questions, uh, your feedback, your encouragement. Thanks so much for being a part of it.